We need to buy more underwear for Miguel. That's hey, what? Hey, what? <laughs> that's, what <it> is. laughs> that's not funny. Welcome to episode 120 of Comical Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Corbett, and with me is... Blade. Blade? Blade. Really? No. You look nothing like Wesley Snipes. <laughs> <laughs> you may be Spider Guy. Spider, spider Guy? <laughs> what the hell, dude? The guy with the different color? Oh, my God. Yeah. Spider Guy was fucking cool, though. That was, that was Blade. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> well, why got me dressed up as Spider Guy? Because <laughs> you wear those colorful clothes. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised you didn't yell at me when I walked in the door. Yeah, you do look like the Kool-Aid man. Yeah, I was waiting for you go, hey, Kool-Aid! <laughs> I didn't realize that shit till I got to your house. Like, fuck. I was a little tired, so I didn't catch it. But yeah, definitely look like Kool-Aid man. Nice. <laughs> but today, I'm Spider Guy. Sure. <laughs> well, it's been a, a very eventful week. We got a lot to talk about. And you just got excited. I did. We're going to talk about that a little bit later, though. Well, I thought it was because he saw me. No, it was not. It's Aww. never because of you. Oh. <laughs> What were your top two books this week, Miguel? All right, man. My number two book this week was Holly Quinn, number 28 by Amanda Connor and Jimmy Pomiati. I actually did not get a chance to read that one yet, but I've been enjoying this current run with the Red Fool or a Red Tool. <laughs> nice. Sorry. She called him Dead Tool. <laughs> she called him all kinds of freaking names. It's freaking hilarious. Yeah. It's basically Jimmy Pomiati wanted to write Deadpool, but he, you know, he works for DC. He's exclusive to DC, so he's never going to get that opportunity. So he created his own parody of Deadpool, which he named Red Tool. Uh, and he's he's been writing it very well. Like I've enjoyed a lot of it so far. Uh, I'm going to read the issue. I just haven't had a chance yet. He's a jackass, and it's funny because you know the last issue he tattooed his number on Harley's ass. Yeah, <laughs> and so that pissed Harley off something fierce, and so she was ready to kill him. And he had her. He kidnapped her and took her to like a chapel place, church, to get married to her. And she's like, "What the hell?" <laughs> and there's like a bunch of people in the thing. He's like, "Why are all these people here? And why is there a priest or a preacher or whatever?" And he's like getting married, and it, it goes totally wrong basically you know how it goes the, the cops are coming they're trying to take harley down uh because the mayor who she has that deal with is backstabbing her you know yeah, double crossing her of course and uh so red tool who she calls red fool bum fool i forgot some really freaking cool names anything that anything that rhymes with it yeah oh uh, he she got mad at him because she's like you tattooed your number on my ass he's like don't worry i only saw a little bit of a cheek i didn't see all of it he, she goes like what the greatest buttocks in the world, and you didn't even take a look? <laughs> now I'm even more pissed. <laughs> but then she kind of warms up to a little bit, a little bit to him, and uh, he winds up helping out of the jam with the, the new detective, the new guy who's, who's going to be the new police chief. He's going to make a difference. So he winds up realizing that Harley is not a bad person. And the guy, everybody the guys has, they're all criminals from, like, the lowest to, like, the worst possible. Everybody's thing is worse than the next guy. It's, like, pretty damn messed up. Mm-hmm. And so they, they arrest them all, and that's how she gets out. And then the mayor is, like, pissed off, like, dirty, double, double-crossing piece of crap. But it's pretty good. But in the end, you see her jump in the water, and she's talking to him, and he takes off. He's like, I realize it was a mistake to tattoo my number on your ass and, and wanting you to marry me and blah, 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 blah. But she gets a little respect for him at the end. You kind of see. She kind of likes him a little bit now. That's cool. But it was so funny because he's being stupid, making stupid lines, and she's making her quips back and forth. So it's kind of funny. It actually seems like, yeah, like if Deadpool really did – Team up in Harley with a book. That'd be pretty freaking amazing if the real Deadpool did. Uh, I think that it's better this way, honestly. Uh, Jimmy Pagliotti's made Red Tool his own. 
You know, it's not exactly Deadpool. He doesn't have the voices. He's not quite as wild or crazy. He's not even as skilled a fighter as Deadpool is. Uh-uh. But he still has that, like, kind of charisma to him that Deadpool has. I.e. the Red Fool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and one thing I really like about uh, Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti's arc on uh, Harley is that any character they create, they don't just throw them away. They reuse them throughout the entire series. Like, they keep coming back. So I'm sure this is not the last we've seen of him. Oh, no, no. He's going to be around. So that's cool. I'm going to have to read it. I just haven't had a chance yet. Okay. What was your number two? Uh, my number two was Uncanny Avengers number nine from Jerry Dugan and Pepe Larraz. Uh, You're a Pepe. <laughs> <laughs> so Hank Pym has been lost for a long time. Like he flew into space and his ship exploded. Everybody thought he died. Uh, the Avengers even had a big memorial for him. Well, Captain Marvel's making a rounds. Uh, Rogue is doing the same thing. Uh, Rogue gets a call that there's a spacecraft that's like, crash landing on Earth and see if she can go and help it because she's the only one that's even kind of close. So she flies out there. She tries to catch it. But before she even gets there, somebody else gets it and lands it safely on the ground. So when she comes to land to see who it is, it's Hank Pym. He's still alive. But he's not quite himself. He's fused with Ultron. What? He's wearing Ultron as a suit. He said he's perfected Ultron, eliminated the personality, and now he has complete control over him. Oh, crap. That's how bad things happen, man. <laughs> I haven't obviously had a chance to read this yet. So, And uh, she contacts you know, Steve Rogers, who's young again, and Deadpool and says, look, guys, something's going on. I'm going to bring this to you. So they're doing their own thing. And, you know, they're, the chemistry between Rogers and Deadpool is just great. I love it. They're really funny together. She brings Hank to them. And Steve, of course, is welcoming that he's back. But he's also skeptical. And he convinces Hank to let them analyze him because they have to. At first, he's like, I'm a perfect being. I don't need you to look at me. (laughs) He's like, just take my word for it. And Steve's like, no, look, you were an Avenger. You understand our protocols. Like, we can't just have you running around with Ultron attached to you. (laughs) Like, we got to take a look. (laughs) And he's like, okay, that's fine. But you have to understand, only like a tenth of my body is organic still. And he like separates from Ultron. And all that's left is like his head and the upper part of his torso. The rest of him is all machine. Oh, yeah, I just saw the picture. What the (laughs) hell, dude? So the rest of the issue is basically them interacting with him, and he's, he's even more arrogant and even more of a dick than he was before he left. It's kind of great, actually. But uh, the, the fun thing is that you don't really know whether he is the Hank Pym that he's claiming to be or whether he's more influenced by Ultron than he wants to admit. So I think the next couple issues are going to be all about trying to find out who has control of the body. <laughs> that looks really good. It was really good. I really enjoyed it. Jerry Dugan, you know, this is a bigger scope story, I think, than he's told so far in any of his books. And uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does with it. It's kind of cool. Of course, I saw that in the next line. I haven't had a burger in months. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I can see Dugan's uh, take influence, on, yeah, yeah. influence on the book. Yeah. I'm going to read right after the show. It looks pretty good. It is. It is. Uh, so that was my number two. What was your number one? My number one is uh, Civil War Zero by Brian Michael Bendis and Oliver Copier. I said right? Coipel. Co- what? Coipel. He's French. Oh. It's Olivier Coipel. Oli- Dude, it's Oliver and Company. Whatever. There's an extra <laughs> I in there you're not pronouncing. Olivier. <laughs> Copia. Anyways. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola production. That was actually my pick of the week. Nice. You know, it's really rare that a, a big crossover book ends up being in our top three at all. Uh, but this was a really good introduction to the Civil War storyline. Yeah, I liked it. Um there's a lot of different moving pieces. It's not just one story. You got Rhodey, War Machine. That's right. He's uh, you know, he's been fighting fighting for the <laughs> army for a long time. He's been under the control of the U.S. government. Uh, the president approaches him and gives him a huge promotion, and then basically says, 
eventually some superhero is going to decide to run for president, and we want it to be you. We want to groom you to be president, which is pretty cool. Yeah, definitely him than Stark. Yeah, <laughs> or Norman Osborn. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> some superpowered entities all like going to try to take control at some point. So. But really, Rhodey would probably be the best choice, honestly. If you, if maybe Cap, he's but, an American hero. But Rhodey, yeah, yeah Rhodey would be my next choice. Uh, well, he's you know he's got a lot more uh, military training and and. He's he plays the he plays the game unlike Steve. Steve sometimes doesn't. No, yeah, Steve does what Steve does. Steve does what Steve does. So yeah, I think Rhodey's a great choice for that. Um, you got the whole storyline with uh, She Hulk trying to defend this criminal who's reformed. Yeah, he's uh, he's been out of prison and all he was doing was talking to some friends about the good old days. But he's not actually a criminal anymore. He's not wearing his super suit. He's not going out there and causing problems, robbing banks, killing people, whatever. And she's defending him as his lawyer, which you know I've always enjoyed the She Hulk stories as a lawyer. Unfortunately, she loses the case and the guy goes to jail. And the thing that kind of sparks her story is that he gets killed in jail, which leads her to really want to fight against the system and really want to fight against the unjustness of uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. And, and the way that they handle these sorts of prisoners. Um, on top of that, you've also got Captain Marvel talking to Doc Samson. Yeah. Uh, you know He's been gone for a while. Now he's back in the picture. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're trying to form some kind of new team-up sort of thing. It looks really interesting. The biggest story, though, in the book is the Terrigen Cloud. Yeah. Uh, which I feel like this is kind of a story we've seen before. Uh, you remember that X-Man that was born that was, like, so powerful he could just destroy the world with a single thought? Yeah. And Xavier met him when he was a young child when he first manifested and, like, locked parts of his brain mm-hmm. and had to keep going back for, like, a re-up every so yeah. often to, like, <laughs> relock his brain so he didn't remember he had powers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's kind of the same thing. The Terrigen Mist comes through. There's a whole bunch of people that are excited, waiting in this park, trying to see if they become inhuman, which is kind of a cool concept in itself. Yeah. People that are excited about the possibility they might be aliens. Um a couple of people get affected, cocoon themselves, and then come out of their cocoons. One of them comes out, of course, mutated and looks like a, a flying winged demon sort of thing. The other one comes out looking completely normal, except he's, like, outrageously powerful. Yeah. Uh, and accidentally causes this massive explosion that kills everybody in the park, um, which is the same way Civil War One started. He's on fire! Civil War One started <laughs> with Nitro blowing up a, a school bus full of kids, and that caused the world to want the... Superhero Registration Act. So now an inhuman has caused this to happen. So I can only imagine where the government's going to take it. Um, it's a it's a really good first issue, a really good intro to the uh, the Civil War II storyline. So just don't um, retread. You know, come up with different thoughts. I'm hoping they come up with something unique to do with this, and that it's not just the same kind of thing that Civil War One was. But honestly, Civil War One was one of Marvel's best crossover events. Mm-hmm. So this has the potential to be really good as well. I'm quite interested in she Hulk's uh, thing. I am too. Because that was kind of crappy. That poor guy got sent to prison again for something he, you know, he didn't do and then he gets killed. Yeah. So I could see her totally going off the rails. Me too. I'm looking forward to seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause I don't like her as attorney. I like her when she's she Hulk. I like both. I'm, I'm a huge she Hulk fan, but you already know that. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> So that was my pick of the week and your number one. My number one was Deadpool, The Last Days of Magic, number one, also by Jerry Dugan and drawn by Scott Koblish. That was my pick of the week. Okay, so we flipped on (laughs) (laughs) Such a great book. Oh, man, it's so good. If you've read Deadpool since Jerry Dugan started writing him, um, there's so many nods to that first arc. You got Ben Franklin showing up, and he ascends to the afterlife finally. I'm talking about Michael. He's been around for almost two years helping Deadpool here and there. Uh, he's finally had enough of life, and he just moves on, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. You got uh, Michael the Necromancer, who has been away from Deadpool for a few months now. 
Deadpool goes out of his way to pick him back up because magic's failing in the world. Um, if you've been reading Doctor Strange, you know that there's this I don't know mechanical race of anti-magic people that are invading dimensions and eating all the magic that exists and then destroying the worlds, basically. Because once the magic's gone, the world just kind of dies. Sounds a little bit like Spider-Verse, man. It kind of eats spiders. Nobody will eat magic. It is kind of like that, but on a bigger scale, I think. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're going from world to world. Now they're finally here, and they're battling Doctor Strange, the Sorcerer Supreme. Uh, but all the other magic users are trying to you know, fight against them as well because they're drawn to any place that has a high concentration of magic. And no luck. So they go after Shikla's monster lair underneath <laughs> New York City, and you know she's doing the best she can with her monsters fighting them off. Some funny stuff in there, you know, you got the whole Legion of Monsters, the Invisible Man, Frankenstein, all those guys <laughs> saying the most ridiculous things. Frankenstein is the best. It's pretty great. Uh, you got Deadpool, of course, kicking ass, taking names, but even he's not enough to take these guys out by himself. So he brings Michael along, the Necromancer, and du- Dr. Voodoo shows up to try to help as well. Neither one of them can cast a spell very well at all. Uh, but because of Michael's nature of his magic, it's a little bit different than everybody else's. He's still able to teleport, which is something that a lot of users can't do right now. Yeah. So he teleports to this library where he has a bunch of ancient scrolls and texts, finds this one book that pretty much nobody's been able to translate ever, but he can somehow read, mm-hmm. comes back and uses the spell that he thinks he understands how it works, but really he doesn't realize it requires a sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> but it works. He, he basically sacrifices himself to save the day. Uh, destroys all the, the invading mechanical things in Shikla's lair, but he himself dies as well. Problem with that is that's just one little battle. Yeah, that's just one little battle. The, the thing too, though, is like this is the final death for for Michael because he's died before. Right, but he always comes back. Uh-huh. Like uh, Deadpool's gone to hell and reclaimed his soul and brought him back to life. Like, unfortunately, this is like it because of the way he died. There's no coming back. So Doctor Voodoo can't bring him, but I wonder if Doctor Strange can. Maybe so. I, I really doubt it. The way that they described in the book seems so final, which is a shame, too, because I really liked the Michael character. I did, too. I liked the Michael character and the interaction with Deadpool and everything else. Just, now you know he's got a, hey, there you go, the unborn son. Yeah. He may come back to that. <laughs> How about that? So Deadpool has to wait like 20, 20-something years to start utilizing him again? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, his his fiance or whatever, Michael's fiance, could do magic, too, so... That's kind of interesting. Can't wait to see what Doctor Strange does against the big guy. I'm just really interested to see the second issue of this, because you saw the preview for it in the back, mm-hmm. right? It looks so cool. Uh, I think Jerry's doing a great job with this. He's doing a great job with everything. I like all of his Marvel books. So if you're not reading any Jerry Dugan titles, you're really missing out, guys. Go pick them up. Yeah, it was, this book was exciting. It was great. Loved it all. I did, too. All right. Well, that's it for comics, then. All righty, then. <laughs> I want to remind you guys that we have a Patreon. We haven't talked about this in a while. Uh, we got a bunch of different rewards on our Patreon. You can get there by going to patreon.com slash comicalpodcast. Support the show. Uh, it does cost some money to run this, and we do go to a lot of cons. Uh, every little bit helps us. You know, Even if you can only support us a dollar a month, it, it helps us tremendously. So, Fat man needs his Arby's. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, we need to buy more underwear for Miguel. That's hey, funny. what? That's, what <laughs> that's not funny. So that- any- anyways, patreon.com slash comicalpodcast. Support us if you can, guys. We really appreciate it. Now that i got to give any money, nobody gets to see me in underwear. Uh, actually, I need to look at Cafe Press, too, and see if they have underwear that I can make for you. No, thank you. <laughs> Next time I'm going to take it, I'm going to rotch it. I'm going to ah. put it right on the crotch. It says, zap! <laughs> zap! <laughs> and I'm going to put in the front, ip. Yep. Zapic. <laughs> Zapic. Zapic. Yeah. 
I'll tell him you said that. Nice. <laughs> he wants to wear you like a pair of drawers. <laughs> oh, God. I can see Ming making a lot of jokes on that one. Yeah. <laughs> no, man. I'm going to step it up a notch here at uh, Space City or Comapalooza. I'm going to wear colory underwear now. Hey. What does that mean? I'm going to wear... What am I saying? <laughs> uh... Never mind. Scratch that from the record. I take it back. I'm going to be calm, normal guy. Get the calm. Yeah, right. <laughs> you're never calm, normal guy. <laughs> you can be asleep and you're still not calm, normal guy. <laughs> what are you talking about? I've seen you sleep fighting. What? <laughs> Everybody's kung fu fighting. So anyways, guys, if you want to support the show, cafepress.com slash comical podcast. We have a lot of merchandise for sale. Uh, there are some designs that I was working on before I started on the comic book. Some of that's got kind of waylaid, but I'm still working on them. Uh, they will be up soon. You can also yeah, go to pay- yeah, 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 way laid. <laughs> uh, that's basically what happened. I understand. Gray bear. <laughs> I got you, man. The book is good. I'm behind you. You know that? I'm just giving you shit. Don't, don't give me that look. You can also go to patreon.com slash comical podcast. Support us directly. So anyways, now it's time for everybody's favorite segment. Tell me a funny story. And this week, it's Miguel. Well, you know, I was off two days. Yeah. Took care of sports banquets and stuff and everything else, you know. Pretty tired. Um, I slept wrong one day. And so, you know, I'm hurt in my back. So I fight for your freedoms and everything. Uh-huh. And uh, so I uh, couldn't walk and literally couldn't move. Seriously, I'd be like, oh, that's how my back felt whenever I would make a move or get out of the chair or even try to roll over. I look like a damn turtle that can't get off his shell. <laughs> I mean, that's how bad. I mean, I literally have to roll as bad. Like a Kool-Aid man trying to get up. Shut up, man. <laughs> from a horizontal position. Nice. <laughs> Did you say horizontal? What? Sure. Nice. <laughs> but anyway, so I, uh, it's really bad. When the back pain hits me, it's, it's kind of tough and hard to move. But there's one particular area that hurts the worst. It's when you got to go to the bathroom. And being who I am, you know, I usually have to go poo. So I go in there and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's several things I want to say about that statement, but go ahead. <laughs> All right, well, you know, I tend to go to the bathroom a lot. You know, I'm regular, okay? I'm good. I don't need fiber. You're an old man taking, taking your Metamucil. No, nah, I don't take Metamucil. I don't need fiber. I, I got this covered. Anyway, so I go to the bathroom. So I go in there, handle my business, dropping logs and singing songs, as I normally do. <laughs> anyway, so uh, I'm in Doesn't there. that violate one of your own rules? <laughs> it's my own house. I can do whatever I want to in my house. In uh, my house, the door shut. I can tweet from the bathroom if I want to. I see. I can periscope from the bathroom if I want I to. You're just a big fraud. I got you. In my, own, <laughs> in my own house, I can do what I want to do. In your house, you can do what you want to do. In your house, I can do what I want to do. That is incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> I already do it now. But anyway, so I took care of my business. Then came time to clean, to do the wipes. Could not do it. Could not reach back there. Not saying that I'm that fat or I have that much ass. Just saying that because of my back and how much it hurts, I couldn't arch myself like you normally do when you're going to wipe. You reach back there to wipe. I couldn't do it, dude. Seriously. I was like, oh, oh. Like, what the fuck am I going to do? Dude, I sat there. Okay, first of all, I was in there for about 15 minutes taking a normal crap. Sat there for another 15 minutes trying to figure out how the hell to wipe myself or get myself clean so I get out the damn toilet. Why don't you just call the boys? They know, they're, they know you're old. There was nobody there. Oh. I was by myself. <laughs> it was me, the dogs, and the cats, and they weren't helping. No, I guess not. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I couldn't grab a cat and, like, clean. My, no, I couldn't do it. So, I looked over to the right, and I'm like, okay, there's the dude wipes. But they're not long enough, so that's not going to do me any good anyway. So, dude wipes can't help me. Woo! So, I'm like, shit. Literally. So, I look at the shower. I'm like, huh. Uh, maybe I want to get up and just shower. But then I realized what I had just left in the tub, the toilet was, was nasty. So I was going to make the, the 
you know, the bathtub looked bad too. So I was like, I can't do that. So yeah, for 15 minutes, dude, I sat there trying to reach. You ever try wiping your ass with your opposite hand? Yeah. It's terrible. I'm surprised I didn't get shit all up my back. But I think I'm mildly ambidextrous. So it's not really a problem <laughs> no, for me. I could, but I couldn't even do it with my left hand either. So I did it with the right hand. I still, I, I pretty much screamed and I was almost crying, dude. I was in that much pain. I could not wipe my own ass. I was terrified. The trail of tears. Nice. <laughs> Fucker. I was actually, I mean, it's not a funny story. It's actually a sad story because I was actually quite scared that I was going to die on the toilet and I couldn't wipe my ass because I was a shitty asshole. Why would you die? I don't know. I was, because I couldn't get up off the damn toilet to wipe. Well, eventually the pain was going to subside. <laughs> you would hope. It took me two and a half days for the pain to go away. Oh, I, I didn't I, shit. I'm glad for, you didn't say it took me two and a half days to wipe. <laughs> I didn't shit for two days. I didn't shit. Did I go to the bathroom to take? No, I was only peeing. I did not poop at all for two days. I literally held that crap seriously, and I was in pain until I could finally bend over and move again because I was like not going to go in there. I did not definitely want that to happen to me at work because who am I going to call? <laughs> I know who you're going to call. No, sorry, we ain't calling the looker. The looker, <laughs> looker would have helped, but he would have looking while he was doing it. Yeah. But, uh, He's like, sure, I'll help. No. <laughs> so I was back there like, ah, ah. And then you know what? I wasted like a roll and a half because you can't tell. You really don't know if you're cleaning yourself quite properly. You can't, you know, because you, you, you feel gritty and nasty and whatever, so you, like, keep on wiping, dude. I courtesy flushed myself, like, two times because, seriously. It sounds like it's about time for you to hire an in- in-house nurse. Nice. You know? <laughs> okay, well, I maybe I need to come with a whole different funny story. This is a bad one. <laughs> I can hear the jokes already. But, or, and even see the horse minions. Damn. It's going to be pretty awesome. Uh, but yeah, dude. Seriously, if you have a bad back and that shit happens to you, it kind of freaks you out a little bit. I was a little, little freaked out there because I thought I was like, "Holy crap! I can't wipe my own." I'm ass. never gonna be able to wipe my ass. That shit's gonna be there forever. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, man. It's still about as bad as looking to the right and running out of toilet paper and barely having enough. That's what the socks are for. We already talked. No, about no, that. no, no. The dude wipes are there. The dude wipes well, right got, there. You got the dude wipes. I was gonna be safe with the dude wipes. <laughs> so I did break up the dude wipes after I failed to wipe my ass properly, so I could clean myself up, make sure I was clean. That's an interesting feeling when you wipe your ass with a dude wipe, just so you know. Well, you've never done it before? All this time we've been talking about them, you never used them? I've never used them. <laughs> how, do you not go, how do you not use them after we've been talking about them for like two years? I just never wanted to use them. I just seemed wrong to have your ass wet. Didn't you and Heather argue like vehemently that... You know, you liked wet wipes, and I was like, "Fuck no, no wet wipes, dry, dry only." <laughs> I don't like wet wipes. You and Heather, uh, there's proof. I guarantee there's a fucking episode out there where you and Heather both ganged up on me and told me how much you enjoyed wet wipes, and like I was the one in the wrong for not liking them. Well, I can tell you, it's a little bit different feeling with a dude wipe versus a wet wipe. They're the same thing. <laughs> it, they just smell different. Well, dude wipe burned. Well, that's that's a problem. You know, it's getting burned. No, it's a different aroma. Yeah, it's a different smell. That's yeah, it sure. definitely is. And so you walk around smelling that. I don't know if you've ever sat down and can actually smell your ass. I actually have smelt my ass once before. <laughs> Maybe that's why your back hurt. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, but uh, yeah, so I'm just saying, you know, if you're ever going to run out of toilet paper, make sure you got the dude wipes. And I, I, my ass gives the dude wipes an A+. Plus. All right. <laughs> Good, clean wipe. Two years later, we get a review. <laughs> <laughs> Four stars, two dongs up. <laughs> All right, <well>, one. <laughs> I already told you, I'm not a fan of the wet ass crack. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. So well, that was my sad, sad story that y'all are going to make fun of me. That was that was mildly funny. <laughs> <laughs> mildly funny is going to be even 
crazier when the horse minions comes out. Oh man, I can't wait till next week when I can tell my funny story. We had we had some stuff happen this weekend that I'm real excited to talk about. <laughs> so I've gone from a shit shoveler to now I need a shit wiper. So I know who exactly we call this. <laughs> I got this one. Who's going to be your hospice nurse? <laughs> Rick Lopez. <laughs> your other cousin? Yeah. <laughs> he will be. Sean's not my cousin. The horse, the shit shoveler? Eric, everybody knows Eric the Looker Lopez is your oh, cousin. Oh, yeah. So we're going to, I don't want him looking at me. So we're going to go with Rick Lopez. Rick the Wiper Lopez. Rick the Wiper Lopez. <laughs> That's his new name. Because nice. he was giving me crap this morning about doing laundry. So he, He's not supposed to give you crap. He's supposed to take your crap. Well, he's going to take the crap. <laughs> That's why I nicknamed him now. Rick the Wiper Lopez. He's going to hate me. Probably. And I'm going to his house tonight. He's bigger to than you. He's going to kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to his house tonight to watch wrestling. He doesn't know. He won't know till afterwards. I'm going to suplex you. <laughs> <laughs> that means two things. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to this week's news. What All do you right. want to do first, comics, movie, or TV news? I'm in a mood for TV. All right. There's a lot of TV news. All right. Uh, so you know the book Outcast by Kirkman and, and Frank Azzazetta? Yeah, I know. The one you shit on all the time. Well, no, it's not. A, it's not a bad book. It's just really slow. Yeah, it's got its moments. Yeah, I know which book you're talking about. It's a good book. It's a good book. It's just really slow in places. Uh, anyways, AMC has been working on a, a, a series for Outcast for a while now, and they released the pilot online for everybody to watch. It's on YouTube, mm-hmm. so you can actually go out there and see the first episode. I got no G's. Uh, I watched the first like 15 minutes of it. I haven't gone back and finished it yet, but it was pretty good. Wow. Okay. So uh, go check that out. It's free on YouTube. Just do a search for Outcast pilot. I'm sure you can find it. Who's directing it? I don't have any of that information. You're going to go all the way through and get to the end. It's like M. Night Solomon. Son of a... <laughs> pretty sure Kirkman would never work with <laughs> AMC, eh? Just a hunch, yeah. Ah, so it should be pretty good then. Preacher starts tonight. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, AMC is just really killing it. Dude, that's going to be... Oh, damn, I don't have my DVR set for that. Crap. I got to call the wife and tell her to put it on to record. <laughs> uh, speaking of AMC... And Kirkman, uh, they're actually partnering up for a new documentary series called Heroes and Villains, The History of Comic Books. And it's going to be six one-hour episodes talking about comic books through all of the major ages. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is kind of cool. Uh, and I like that Kirkman's doing it because he obviously knows his stuff. So, Are you allowed to call in and argue? No, I don't think so. Damn you can always tweet him. I will do that. Live <laughs> tweeting during the show. <laughs> of course, I don't really know what you're going to argue with him about. <laughs> I have massive knowledge. Of what? Horse comics. Sure. <laughs> very, very small section of comic books. Hey, man. I can honestly say Kirkman was my friend on Facebook for one day. Until he, tur- he, tur- <laughs> he turned that Facebook off and it went back to a follow Facebook, only. A, no, a Facebook page like other actors and other people have. Yeah. Because he had a normal one and he friended me, I guess, based on who I was friends with. And then, like, the next day he was my friend no more. He was gone. And he became, like, one of those actor facebook pages now smart man shut up (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna work my way into the walking dead man zombie horse baby yeah it's always a possibility yeah all right moving on uh carrie ann moss has been announced as reprising her role as jerry hogarth in iron fist so i guess the connection between the series now is going to be the law firm instead of night nurse Mm -hmm. so maybe not rosario dawson and iron fist but Definitely carry on. Thank God. <laughs> we don't need no. I like Rosario That's Dawson. enough for Rosario Dawson out there. She's fine. I had enough of her. I, I got my level of Rosario Dawson. Well, I mean, she's going to keep playing a major role in the Defenders. That's series. what I'm saying. She doesn't need to be everywhere. She can have her bit part here. And that's, that's good. That's, that's enough Rosario Dawson. Just enough. Just enough. Okay. No Rosie Perez. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, CW has debuted the Riverdale logo. Uh, there's a promo image attached to it, and they gave the synopsis. So I read the synopsis, 
Uh, it's very Archie. Like, there's really no other way to say it. <laughs> it's basically the Archie storyline from the comics, uh, except with a more heavy focus on music. Like, Archie wants to pursue a music career, but he's not really sure how to do it. His band, uh, the forming and, of the Archies. Right, and Josie won't mentor him because she's about to make it big, and Veronica's just moved to town. And uh, Josie won't mentor him. Uh, that's a little fucked, because based on the comic books, they're about the same... The same thing, and actually Archie's a little bit more popular than Josie and the Pussycats are. Well, they're making Josie and the Pussycats blow up in the series. They're going to be like a world touring band. Oh, good lord. So that's the storyline they're going with. I mean, most of it sounds vaguely familiar to, to what I'm used to with the comics. So, All right, we'll see. I'll probably watch it. I mean, I'm an Archie guy, so... If you're an Archie fan, I think you'll enjoy it. Of course. Uh, let's see. CW also announced that they're doing an Arrow, Supergirl, and Flash crossover in December. I thought there was a Legends Tomorrow coming, too. Uh, it's just the three of those nice. when the shows return. CW, you have failed this TV. <laughs> no. Well, Legends of Tomorrow takes place in the future, so it's kind of like... So they can visit her eventually. Can go back be an old lady her. now? No, they'll go back into the past. They've been jumping around. I guess that's true. But no, that's freaking awesome, dude. Can't wait. Yeah, that's going to be kind of cool. Is Arrow going to shoot an arrow out or something like that? I'm, like, hoping, I'm hoping that Supergirl changes a little bit with the, the move. Because it's good on CBS, but I feel like it could be so much better. Don't you? Yeah, I wanted a little bit more or less Gilmore Girls is what you were thinking. Yeah, before. just take the relationship stuff out of it a little bit and, and focus more on the heroine. Just just for me. Kind of like Arrow got smart and got rid of you know the Felicity <laughs> Oliver Queen thing. It's been better the last few episodes, hasn't yes, it? Yes, it has been. Yeah, it's it really... back to old school, old school kicking ass and taking names. Like, I don't know, romance and superhero stories just... But it works on The Flash. It works on The Flash, though, believe it or not. It's because, because... because The Flash is a much different tone than Arrow. Right. Yeah. Even even the Supergirl. I mean, both both shows are very positive and upbeat, but Supergirl is like a, a five, and Flash is like a nine. Yeah. <laughs> on the upbeat scale, so like there's room for there's room for romance in Flash more so than in Supergirl. I True. Think. And er- with Oliver Queen, the Arrow, it's a little bit darker. Yeah. Because of all the crap he's gone through, and it's just if, it always feels awkward. It always feels forced. Yeah. You know, like like the episodes where he hooked up with um, what's her name who played River Tam and, and Firefly. Summer Glow? Summer Glow, that's right. Like, those were okay because they weren't long. It was like, yeah, we had a fling, and we moved on. Like, yeah. Like, he's a billionaire playboy, so there has to be some of that. Yeah. But now, now he's not. Now he's poor. You were just happy Summer Glow didn't kill the show, and she's gone. <laughs> yeah, she does have a tendency to do that. I mean, I, I like her. She's a fine actress, but, man, she's a show killer. <laughs> this is <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so moving on, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is moving to a 10 p.m. time slot when they return in the fall. So that's 9 p.m. Central then. Yeah. Uh, holy crap, why? Uh, because they're planning on making the show a lot darker, edgier, and riskier. Interesting. That's either a huge gamble uh, or it's going to pay massive dividends. Or is it because of the freaking Deadpool rated R thing crap? No, I think that um, shows like Damage Control are coming out, uh-huh. which are going to be much more lighthearted comedy stories based in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the Marvel TV Universe, whatever. Um I feel like they want to take Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to a darker place because they've been trying to find a way to connect it to the movies and it just hasn't really worked. Like, you had some tie-ins to the whole Sokovia fallout and, and uh, Cap 3. Uh, the best one they did was Winter Soldier, obviously. Like, that episode after Winter Soldier was just amazing. Perfect. But uh, there's no real crossover between the S.H.I.E.L.D. people and the movie people, right? You just get nods to the events that occurred. Yeah. So... Moving it to a later time slot, I think they can do darker things. Do you think they'll have more appearances from the guys from the movies now? Maybe like the main guy, instead of just saying like Sif. Did you watch uh, the finale? No, not yet. 
Okay. Um, one of the things that... There's an Easter egg in the finale, which I... I may as well just spoil it. It's, it's fine. Like, if you don't want to hear the spoiler, then just fast forward 15 seconds. Uh, they introduce life model decoys. Nice. So I think we're going to see Fury show back up. Holy crap. Pretty soon. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've been waiting for the LMDs to show up for a long ass time. Nice. Remember, I thought they were going to show up in season one. Uh-huh. And then they didn't. Now we're on. We're about to go to season four. Uh Age yeah. of Shield has been a really good show, though. It's been really good. I really enjoyed it. I think it's probably my favorite superhero show on TV. Flash is probably number two. It's real close. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm loving Shield. I'm biased. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much it for uh, TV. That was a lot of TV. What do you want to do next? Movies or comics? Give me some movies. All right. So Thor Ragnarok has released the cast list, and there's some interesting casting choices in here. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's the first one. <laughs> Kate Blanchett has been cast as Hela. I don't know how I feel about that yet. Um, Hella I think, ugly. <laughs> <laughs> I think she'll do okay. Hella disappointing. Ruler of the underworld kind of thing. I, I think she'll be all right. I had to work. I mean, she is one ugly beast. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about the character, not her. How, how do you feel about Kate Blanchett? <laughs> <laughs> She's an amazing actress, man. She deserves everything she gets. I got a job for her. She can wipe my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's not a bad casting for the one you're about to tell me. For an asswipe? <laughs> no, not for an asswipe. The other casting. Come on. Uh, throw it out there. Tessa Thompson has been cast as Valkyrie. Why are you... Why are you sh- okay, whatever. Next. <laughs> I'm excited to see Valkyrie on the screen. I mean, that's cool. Yeah, don't get me wrong. She's I'm- one of my favorite Asgardians, so... <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Keep on going. Uh, let's see. Jeff Goldblum has been cast as the Grandmaster. What the fuck? <laughs> really? Jeff Goldblum. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> that's all I'm going to see. All I'm going to see is dumbass from a freaking fly, dumbass from freaking Jurassic Park 2. Uh, it's, oh, I don't think I can deal with it. Independence Day? Well, okay. You know, I better call my mother. <laughs> He's not playing an Asgardian. He's okay. playing the Grandmaster. Okay. Which is an elder of the universe. Grandmaster of suck. No, 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 no. <laughs> He's an elder of the universe. He's also the brother of the Collector. So you remember Benicio Del Toro as a Collector in Guardians, right? <laughs> yes, I was sad to the shake. <laughs> it, it was not standard Benicio Del Toro, right? It was a little bit different. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, I feel like Goldblum's going to do a good job as the Grandmaster. Like, if I was going to cast him as anybody in the Marvel Universe, that's actually, like, a pretty good choice. I will see. Uh, I'm a big fan of the cosmic Marvel world. You already know that. So, yes. like, I love the Elders of the Universe, and we have to see more of them before we see Thanos go after the Infinity Gems. Yeah, right. You're right. You're right. He'll be the Elder Wiper. <laughs> the <elder wiper. laughs> nice. Uh, I'm I'm kind of excited for it, and then of course the very last one, which um, I wasn't sure who he was going to play, but I'm really excited. This is the character they chose for him. Carl Urban is playing Scourge, the Executioner. Oh, I love the Executioner, man. He's a great character, and Carl Urban. I mean, he's not bulky like the Executioner uh-huh. is, but like they could definitely put him in like some kind of suit that makes him big. Or I mean, I'm sure he's going to work out like a fuck ton before the movie comes out. But a what ton? Fucked on. Never heard of that before. <laughs> That's pretty rough. <laughs> Got a lot of asses to wipe, you know, build, nice. up, build up that muscle. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, the ass jokes continue. <laughs> of course. He's going to execute. <laughs> <laughs> Flawless victory. <laughs> no, I think he's, he's going to be great as that character. I'm I like Carl Urban. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty impressed with him. And him playing that character is going to be pretty badass. Uh, so that's it for the Thor casting. Um, there's only one other piece of movie news, and that is that DC is creating a new film division, which they're calling aptly DC Films. Okay. Uh, it's going to be led by Jeff Johns and, and John Berg. Uh-huh. So Zack Snyder is going to have less creative control over 
the movies going forward. I heard a lot of, heard a lot of uh, yays on Facebook for that. <laughs> they're kind of taking the Marvel approach. They're going to start doing the films in-house instead of sending them out to other places. Uh, you know, Jeff Johns, John Berger are going to be the executive producers on Justice League. They're going to have a lot more say on what gets put into the movie and what doesn't. Um, if there's anybody that works at DC that you're going to trust to do it, it's going to be Jeff Johns. I mean, he's he's in charge of everything over there. So uh, he, you know, if it, if it if it sucks or it doesn't work, um, it's going to be pretty apparent who failed. <laughs> nice. Put Steve Orlando in, in, you know, in charge. He'll get it done. There, there be some interesting dialogue <laughs> between the Justice League. It would be amazing dialogue. Would, you know this. It would be really good. I, I know that you and I would love it. <laughs> I'd pay to see a Midnighter movie. <laughs> oh, I would too. I'd love to see a Midnighter movie, but you know, that's neither here nor there. I got you. There's always a possibility in the future. All right. So. Give us some comics. Comics. Okay, so there's only one piece of comic news. Damn it. Uh, just a light week for news. I don't know why. Uh, New York Comic Con has started requiring fan verification to get passes. So basically, before you can purchase your passes to New York Comic Con, you have to go to their website, create a profile, register yourself, um, and then when you buy your passes, you have to attach your fan verification to your pass. So that way... If you grab ass and you're not supposed to, they know who to arrest. <laughs> I'm sure that's an added benefit of it, but really it's to stop scalpers. It's really to stop people from buying 20 tickets and then selling them on StubHub for four or five times what they're worth. That's cool. Uh, That's pretty shitty, by the way, people doing that crap. Yeah, but it happens every year. There's never enough tickets for the people that want to go because there's people selling last-minute three-day passes for $1,500 on StubHub and... So here's the thing. When they create their ID, are they going to have to create it like legit? They can't create it like massive knowledge or massive boner is my name. Or is it going to be like your legitimate name that matches up to your, like your it license? It has to match up to your ID. Okay. That's perfect. Do you know why I say that again? Because of all the crap that's happened at the Collins series. I'm actually down for this. All that bullshit, all the people getting beat up and assaulted and all this other crap. Now they know who you are, you fuckers. And now we can crack down on you. So you better watch what you're doing there, Comical Podcast. Why are you pointing at me? <laughs> you're the one that can't wipe your ass. Hey, you because you keep on grabbing my ass. And <laughs> I've, I've never grabbed your ass. Okay, so you gently caressed it. Okay, is that a Freudian slip? No, no, I'm just saying it's actually a good thing security-wise. It's it's really. Oh, good. I agree. I think it's great. Uh, I think it's great. It's going to cut down on scalpers. It's going to cut down on events like you're talking about. Um, I think it's probably a really good thing. Um, you have to create a profile sometime between May 20th and June 13th. So you still got a little while to do it. And then when you buy your tickets, all you have to do is attach your verification to your ticket. And, uh, I think you have to do it for your kids too, if your kids are coming, but they don't have to have IDs. They just have to be with you and you, you're limited on the number of kid passes you can buy, I think. So, so it's just for New York comic con, just for New York comic con. They're trying it out there. So I think it's good. Well, hell we can't fill out our profile. We're not even going. Uh, no, not this year. We wanted to, but. I thought Pete's Basement was going to hook us up. <laughs> Damn it. Maybe next year. We got a lot of cons coming up here, though, which we will talk about in just a moment. We keep on saying next year. Shit, next year's already here. You got money for a con? A trip to New York? All right, people. Let me, again, point you to our Patreon. We need money to go to cons. <laughs> if you love the show, please donate to Miguel Garza. And Miguel Garza needs a life fund. <laughs> needs a nurse. Nice. <laughs> Damn it. You know, started GoFundMe to hire, hire oh, a wet nurse. <laughs> no, the GoFundMe was supposed to send us to Barbados. Not Barbados. Where the hell were we going? Cozumel? No. Nassau. Nassau. So we go see the pirates. Yeah, we're going to go on the Wizard World cruise. <laughs> that's right. Arg. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I haven't created it yet. Yeah. So anyways, that's it for news. Uh, I, we're going to be at a couple of cons like we were just talking about this coming month. Uh, Space City Con is next week, which means that we're going to be busy Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 
Joseph from BS Excluded is going to be down here crashing with us. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're probably not going to get the episode out until Tuesday next week, just so you guys are aware, because I'm going to be too exhausted to do it Sunday night. Um, we're really excited for Space City Con. Uh, we were talking about interviewing Matt Rosenberg. He was the person we were most excited for, but they've announced a few other guests uh, in the past couple of weeks that I am super excited about. Didn't even realize they were on there. They didn't post any announcements for some reason, but holy crap, Frank Barberi is going to be here. Who? What do you mean, who? <laughs> Come on, I know, man. I told Steve, damn it, where's Frank? And then we were just making that joke on the way back from Dallas, and here he comes! I can't believe we're going to get to meet Steve and Frank within the span of a month. That's awesome. I know, right? I'm super excited. Uh, on top of Frank, Fred Van Linty is going to be here, too. Hell yes. You get all your Big Trouble Little China signed. And I'm going to ask him, why am I not in the book yet? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm really stoked for Space City Con. It's looking like it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, man, it's going to be great. Uh, after Space City Con, which is going to be going May 27th through 29th, Comic Palooza is the next big event. That's going to happen June 17th through 19th. And uh, they just made another huge announcement, which I'm super excited for as well. The entirety of Man of Action Studios is going to be here. You know who those guys are? Yeah, I know who those guys are. Who are they? They're the Man of Action guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Man of Action Studios are the guys that created Ben 10. That's probably what they're most known for. Yeah. But uh, if you break it down... Break it down! It's four guys. <laughs> Break it down. All right, Miguel Fi. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, Joe Kelly yeah. is one of the main founders of Man of Action. Uh, he was one of the first guys who worked on Deadpool. He did like 30 issues, 30 some odd issues of the first volume. I'm a tremendous fan. He also wrote one of my favorite graphic novels of all time, too, I Kill Giants. I'm unbelievably excited to finally get to talk to him. Uh, we've, we've emailed back and forth. We tried to get him on the show a couple times. Our schedules just never work out. Now we're finally going to get to talk to him. Yeah. I'm really excited about that. In addition to Joe Kelly, Joe Casey's going to be there, who in the past few years I've become a tremendous fan of as well. Uh, he did The Bounce, which was one of my favorite short-run series oh, a couple yeah, of years yeah. ago. I know you weren't the biggest fan. It was okay. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not cracking on this shit. I mean, he got a comic out there, but it was kind of weird, but it was okay. Well, he, all of his books are really weird. They're, they're extremely bizarre, which is why I like him so much. Uh, he also writes Sex, which <laughs> we've talked about many times. <sighs> It's it's a great story. <laughs> the fun part was like I used to buy it and, and put it on top of the stack on your desk. <laughs> Wait till I say what a dick. This dude would put that book right on top so I would open my door. Sex. <laughs> I know you like sex. Yeah, of course I do. Talk about it all the time. Damn right. <laughs> yeah, but you don't want to open up your door and big book of sex, big letters and sex, and your boss standing right next to you is like, what is that? It's sex. <laughs> you know what that is. <laughs> I want to sex you up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm super excited for him. And then the last guy, or one of the other guys that's part of Man of Action, is Steven Siegel, who has only been writing comics for a little while, but he wrote a really awesome miniseries called Imperial a couple years ago. Super fun. Uh, it was one of our picks of the week a couple times. Um, I'm really excited to talk to him as well. Got a lot of shit to get signed, man. Oh, man. Now, this, this is going to be a great year for both shows. They're going to charge you $20 a signature. Probably not. <laughs> most most comic writers and artists don't. Unless no, it's going to be great. So our recorder better be working. Yeah. You don't want to break out the iPhone. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I'm like, Jesus. I don't know who this guy is. <laughs> I'm not part of the Bri-Fi show. Comic right. book reviews. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so Space City Con, we're going to be there. We're going to be there Saturday and Sunday. So come by and say hi to us. You know, we'll be walking around. Uh, Comic Palooza, we're actually doing some events Saturday afternoon at 4.30, I believe. We're going to be part of the podcasting for business panel. Uh, and then Sunday morning at 10 a.m., we're doing our, our live show. 
Why are you making me do stuff that I don't want to do? You don't have to do it if you don't want. I'm going to do it. Nice. You can sit out if you want. <laughs> Podcast for business. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell them how we give them the business? Sure. I'm good doing that. It's all about professional-level podcasting, which I'd say we've transcended into that uh, classification. I'm professional? You're professional something. <laughs> <laughs> live show. we got to ratchet up, man. Yeah, we're doing a live show uh, Sunday. <laughs> I think I have a great funny story for that one I've set aside. Um, we're going to film it again and put it up on YouTube. So just make sure, check it out when that comes out. And if you're at Comic Palooza and you can be there, we're doing a bunch of giveaways again. We have a lot of cool stuff. Uh, just come by Sunday morning, 10 a.m., the 19th, at uh, the MicroSearch panel room. I don't know the actual room number, but I'm sure it'll be on the schedule of events. And after our live showing, you will have the opportunity to sign my underwears with a marker for a dollar apiece. All funds will go to <laughs> the next pair of underwear. Exactly. <laughs> That'd be kind of funny, right? I really like these going to come up and sign my ass. I don't know if I like that or not. That's kind of creepy. We'll we'll make an event of it. No. <laughs> Zoom in as he signs the crotch. Sign Miguel's crotch. And we will send him, $1. And we will send him to Steve. <laughs> hey, you know, I'm pretty sure Pop Mojo's going to be down. He's going to be waving his dollar. No. The room. <laughs> no, they ain't going to be done of that. We'll have to think of something crazy. That is kind of messed up. See, I told you I got problems, bro. I wouldn't put it past some of our listeners. <laughs> yeah, I'm scared of our listeners. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're scared of you, too. <laughs> well, they did tell me, uh, well, you know, Stuart McClung. Did tell me that uh, Chevron was afraid of me. Uh, she should be. Not Chevron, Siobhan. <laughs> Forgive me. The gas station company? <laughs> They're afraid of me, too. Yeah, they should be. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the last piece of con news is that uh, my book, Speak No Evil, we've been talking to our artist, and we are fairly confident we're going to have it ready for Comic Palooza. So, you know, I, I don't know if we're going to have a table or not, or if we're going to be trying to... You know, capitalize on our friends having tables like James Lenares or Devin Kraft. Hint, hint, wink, wink. But we may be dropping some books off there to try to get to the public. Uh, I'm sure George will be wandering around promoting it to anybody that'll listen. Um, he but, didn't have that charisma. Oh, yes, he does. Don't he lie. didn't have that charisma. He ain't got the Miguel Garza handing out 8,000 flyers charisma. We're not trying to hand out 8,000 flyers. <laughs> trying, trying to get people to buy the book. But we will, we will hopefully have it for Comic Palooza. I think we're going to be on track for it. So I'm real excited for that. So anyways, uh, that's it for the show. so that's it it for this week uh want to remind everybody please follow us on our social media you can find us at facebook.com slash comical podcast on twitter and instagram i am at comical podcast i'm at comical podcast too don't forget to subscribe to the show on itunes and stitcher or soundcloud and if you enjoy the show please leave us a five-star review the more uh, positive reviews we get, the higher we appear in the rankings, and then more people find the show and listen. So. You know, I've been getting a lot of tweets saying how they enjoy our show, and uh, they really like it, and they appreciate our, our, our funny things. Some people actually say we sound like a radio show. That's Hello, and welcome to KSPX, <laughs> where you get your sex on 24-7. Or, or at least wipe your ass. <laughs> nice. So anyways, guys, that's it. I got it. Keep on wiping, bitches. Perfect. Hello, everybody. This is Ming Chen from AMC's Comic Bookman, reminding you that Comic Palooza 2016 is almost here. You'll see your favorite celebrities, comic book creators, and authors. Special celebrity events at this year's Comic Palooza include a cast reunion of Aliens, featuring Sigourney Weaver, and more. Also, the cast of the Boondock Saints will be in attendance, including Sean Patrick Flannery, and of course, Walking Dead star Norman Reedus. Don't miss Comic Palooza 2016 at the George R. Brown Convention Center in Houston, Texas. June 17th through June 19th. 